Hey everybody, you're listening to Dream Team Origins. This week, I'm talking to Jeremiah Lancer, one of the original members of the Dream Team. Being a part of Florida Hackers, you kind of run into the same people at many different events. There was this kid running around in a black baseball cap turned backwards with a camera strapped around his neck. Event after event, I kept seeing him. I actually kind of hated him because he was the Florida Hackers photographer, and that's who I wanted to be. Eventually, at one event, I showed up in planning not even to hack and just study for my religion test coming up the next weekend. I had driven to Atlanta randomly and just decided to hang out with my friends. And that's where our story starts. Dear Bear! Kelly Mahoney. How are you? Doing well, doing well. That's good. (laughs) So... I'm not hating you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I only hated you because I wanted to be you, okay? (laughs) I understand. I understand. It's all good. Alrighty, so the dream team. That was me, you, and Samuel Kellerman. Can you believe that we are where we are now? It's nuts. It's nuts. I love the dream team, man. It's, It's the, like, early beginnings. Hacky T was was so much fun because it was like one of those like very first projects I felt like super competent on what I was doing and it was also like a really good mix of being able to like hang out with people and have fun but still like be at a hackathon like it's because of Hacky T that that Sam and Kelly became two of my best friends and that the dream team was born. So Jeremiah, Sam, and I would hack at a bunch of different hackathons, winning sponsor prizes, and our last hackathon even winning third place. And once Jeremiah left and moved on from from Sam and I, he started winning. He won at a bunch of different events, and honestly, to this day, I feel bad that we held him back. He had so much potential, and I felt like he was just stuck with us. So what are you doing right now? Like, what are you up to in life? Yeah, so, like, currently, I'm going to school at uh, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach, Florida. And I'm currently studying software engineering. It's my fourth year now, so I got one more year. Um, Pretty sure I'm going to do my master's degree and whatnot, so that's going to be pretty fun. And, yeah, primarily, um, right now, during the summer, I'm working at an internship in Irvine, California for Talos Avionics. I uh, work on in-flight air and tank systems doing software architecture. And uh, I'm also currently um, organizing a hackathon at my school called Hack Riddle. And uh, yeah, just planning out the hackathons for the year. Awesome. So I heard you say that you wanted to get your master's. What are you thinking about doing that in? Yeah, so part of, part of what I want to do, uh, kind of like long-term, you know, I love writing code and I love programming, um, but I really like the design side of, of building software systems as well. Um, so I kind of want to go towards software architecture. Um, so I'm going to kind of gear my master's degree towards that. I kind of have this idea of doing something that's kind of related to DevOps, but DevOps sort of for software architecture. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know in a year what I'm doing with my master's degree. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Um, so how close are you to graduation? Man, so I'm, I'm two semesters out from graduating with my undergrad degree. Um, I'm currently working on my undergrad and my master's degree at the same time with like an accelerator program. Awesome. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty nice. I just have to do like an extra year to get my master's degree at that point. So it should, uh, it should be a lot of fun. Awesome. So kind of going along that vein of designing software systems, after you get your master's and all the things you have planned, where do you see yourself in five years? So in five years, um, man, for the longest time, I, I had this dream of like graduating college and, and going to work for like Google or, or Microsoft. But um, recently, you know, talking to one of our mutual friends, Mr. Gene Shorba, <laughs> <laughs> um, he kind of like guided me in the direction of going towards a company that I have a good reputation with, which, you know, that company being Talus. Um, okay. You know, for the next five years, I really want to focus on on trying to work with them and trying to, uh, uh, you know, just kind of like rank up and, and go through the ladder, uh, but really having meaningful experiences while, while I'm there. So right now I'm looking at uh, working my way through the ladder at Talus, but, um, you know, maybe 10, 15 years, I'll get back on that train to go to Google. <laughs> so I know the story of how you got to Talus, but um, I'm sure everyone here would also like to hear that story. So this kind of goes back to like my freshman year. Um, I, I was in like a C programming class and uh, we we're kind of like messing around with these Arduino things and this weird company that uh, is spelled T-H-A-L-E-S, uh, it looks like Thales, came to campus and they're like, yo, we got this uh, this competition thing that we're doing and, um, you know, you had to like apply to get in and whatnot. Um, so I, I applied and I went to the workshop and, you know, I didn't really know a ton at the time and I... Uh, I got grouped up with these people that were um, that were seniors, and um, at, at the time, I didn't realize that they were they weren't like tech majors. Well, they were tech majors, but they were like mechanical engineers and like engineering physics majors. So, the first year that I competed in this competition, uh, it was actually probably like the biggest learning experience that I've had so far in tech, because I basically built my entire like, first big project by myself. Uh, with very little experience, very, very little sleep. And uh, yeah, I, needless to say, I, I lost that year. Um, but then I came back um, my sophomore year and I, I got grouped up with some friends for this, the exact same competition again. And uh, so we, you know, we had two weeks to build this, uh, this project for this Arduino competition. And, um, you know, I had a year of school under my belt now so I, I felt like I knew a little bit more I had a couple hackathons under my belt and uh, we basically went into it and we had this idea to build like a laser communication system for that would be like applicable for satellites and whatnot um, and so after after two weeks of kind of working on this thing and whatnot the uh, the night before the project was due for the competition uh, all of our diodes that we were using burned out and None of us were hardware guys, so it was, we were like, <laughs> well, we, you know, we're kind of like up a creek, but we don't want to like submit nothing to this competition. So um, we, we just decided, you know what, like we're going to put something together. We don't know what it's going to be yet, but basically it took six hours to build um, this auto or automated, like self-sustaining drone landing platform, charging station. Um, and it, it, it was you know, it, it worked and we built this, or we put together this video for it and we ended up, you know, finishing this thing in the car on the way to the live demo. <laughs> like it was, it was in shambles, but we got there and everything worked the, the way that we said it works. And the judges, uh, the judges loved it. 
And so we ended up winning the, uh, the campus-wide competition. And then uh, a couple weeks later, we found out that we were the, the state competition winner. And then uh, about a month later, we found out that we had been chosen for the, the national uh, prize. And then uh, it went to this phase where we basically were like the national winner. We were up against the other seven countries that were competing and uh, their individual winners. And it went to this online voting phase and uh, we were lucky enough to get into the top three for that. And then it went to an actual panel of judges of ex uh, executives like within the company. And uh, we were lucky enough to be the first place winner of the, the global competition. And uh, from that, I was offered a, an internship with the company this summer. And yeah, it, it's just a very, uh, it was a very twisty road to get here. But you know, we were very, uh, very blessed to be here. So that's so awesome. Congratulations. I've, I'm starting to realize that most paths through tech are actually kind of twisty turny. So I wouldn't expect any less. So yeah, I heard, definitely. so I heard you mention um, hackathons and that, you know, this competition that you were in, um, what's your experience with going to hackathons or competitions like these? Oh man, I, I love hackathons. They've, they've kind of become like my, uh, my addiction <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, I, I competed in my first hackathon my freshman year and after that one I just I you know like back on the whole like twisty road thing I started off at my first hackathon and wrote literally no code that went into our project and just felt like I had like heated or something like that and then uh, you know present day I have I think like 22 hackathons under my belt now um, it isn't the most but it's definitely uh, help me become somebody who feels competent with programming now and i feel like that through through the experiences i've had at hackathons i feel like you know i want to give back to other people and, and help them have the same experience that i had of, of going into a hackathon and writing no code and now you know going into a hackathon and feeling like i can lead a team and help other people um learn to write code even if it's their first time so i one of the like my favorite stories that i like to talk about hackathons is um the time that i went to to hack dfw um and so so like for people who don't know like hack dfw is this 2000 plus person hackathon that took place in texas um i, I don't know if they still run it or not i kind of like stopped following it but it was my like fifth hackathon or something like that so it was still pretty early on so i knew i knew a little bit about like programming and I was kind of finding my niche in the hackathon scene, but for the most part, like I was getting thrown into it. We didn't have like a project idea going into it um, and kind of all just deciding things there. But I think one of the, my favorite parts of that hackathon, it was, it was my first time meeting Gene um, and Gene has just been like incredible. Like he's been a mentor through my entire like time since meeting him and, uh, just a, a really close friend outside the hackathon scene and whatnot. Um, and basically our idea for this project was called MedHub. And it was this smart medicine cabinet that had like a locking feature and uh, it had like this light from like a sponsor that we just threw on there to try and like get some more prizes or whatever. <laughs> uh, and it had uh, like this tracking system so you could see what was going in and out of it. And me and my my best friend Marcus, it was our job to basically make this locking system work. Um, 
not even like the communication to it like we just had to make the lock work and we were so far out of our comfort zone like we hadn't used like a raspberry pi before we hadn't used the api that we were using for communication back and forth from the phone and uh gene was just trusting us he was like you know what like this is your part you guys are going to get it to work and we're like yeah we're going to get it to work and then after we stopped talking to gene we're like what are we going to do this is not going to work um (laughs) and you know sure enough like a couple minutes before the actual like demo happened marcus and i got this thing working we got it running headless and it was it was this crazy feeling where we were like holy crap like this could have been a completely different result if we didn't get this thing working and we ended up winning like a sponsored prize for it's like data analytics uh, api that we had used but i I think it's one of my favorite hackathon memories because it's like the first time that somebody really entrusted me with something on a project and was like look this is you like i'm not going to help you with it i'm not going to like baby you out of this situation like you guys are going to get this or the project's not going to work and like having that motivation like to this day it's just like one of my favorite memories do you think that mindset is common upon a lot of people who go to hackathons that basically you have to learn it or you fail? I, you know, I think so. I think that's one of the reasons that like a lot of people go to hackathons. You know, obviously you don't want to go into it and be like, man, I, you know, like, I don't think negative reinforcement is the greatest thing in the world, but like in certain instances, like it is good at a hackathon. Cause like you have that solid deadline at the end where it's like, you know, no, no one likes to look dumb. So if you go and it's like 24 hours later, you don't have anything to show for what you've just worked on for that day. It's like, you know, it's it's going to be pretty awkward for, for you. But um, yeah, I, I do think it's pretty common among people. And it's just kind of like a, a work ethic thing as well. Um, you know, people that go to hackathons are pretty motivated to go out and, and do more than what's asked of them. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's pretty common. What was your favorite piece of swag that you ever got at a hackathon? Oh man, it's it's been a lot. Uh, <laughs> but like, if you I could think, pick one thing, man, if I had to pick one thing, I mean, I feel like I have to say the hat that I'm wearing right now. Like, there's not a lot of hats that you get from hackathons, but the hackathon or th- this hat is from uh, the Riot Games hackathon that was in LA, and it's like a really high quality hat. I just absolutely love. I also really like the uh, the Microsoft neck pillow with the hood. I, you know, I know it was only one, but <laughs> I think it's like a close second. You know, it's like a really good thing. You like put it around your neck, and then it also has a hood. It's really good for like sleeping at hackathons. I think I've seen those around. I definitely know what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) would you like to share how you got into the whole tech thing um did you enter um college under the same major that you're in now yeah so i um i basically went into college in software engineering Uh, okay i didn't really you know go into it like one of those people who had like been programming for you know like 20 years of their life before they went to college but i uh yeah i went into software engineering it's kind of weird like at my school a lot of people are like aerospace majors so it's like not really the most popular major but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't change for the world that's really cool um so what got that little um thought in your head going that you wanted to go to school for you know software engineering uh (laughs) weird enough minecraft (laughs) so i 
was like completely addicted to that game when I was in high school. And um, yeah, like from that, I decided that I was either going to go into tech or I was going to become an architect. And, you know, after finding out that like I can't draw, you know, I really only had one thing to pick. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, I had a couple things to pick from, but like I went into a uh, like this programming class my junior year of high school, and uh, I like that was my singular experience with programming before uh, going into college, and I like just loved the feeling of being able to create something because like I had this experience with architecture where like I found out very quickly that I'm not creative in the sense of like drawing and creating like what other people consider art, but with this class that I, I took, we our final project was to basically make like a little video game. And uh, from that, I had this experience of like creating something from nothing. And I felt like at that point, like software was slowly becoming my art form. So like, it was cool. Like I wasn't able to draw, but I was able to like still create art with something that's a little less conventional. That's really, really cool. Um, so, because you kind of um, entered it in um, with only the experience of Minecraft, um, at any point during your um, college career or at hackathons, did you ever feel like you were overwhelmed or have imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. Uh, I still have imposter syndrome. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a huge you know, problem, especially with people in tech. Like, I, I think hackathons are a really good way of solving that, though. Um, because you're kind of put in like an impossible situation where you feel like, man, like you literally start out with nothing and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to actually do this. And then like 24 hours later, you have this thing that didn't exist before that you and your friends created. And yeah, I mean, like to this day, like, I still have imposter syndrome. And I think it just kind of comes from like, um, not necessarily like a lack of confidence, but maybe like, I don't know, just not being able to think that you can do something. Uh, if, if it's like a manager giving you a project that you don't think you can do um, or, you know, seeing somebody else that's succeeding more than you, I think it's, it's kind of just a problem of like being able to realize that you, you have your own limits and those limits are okay, but realizing that you still provide value somewhere. So would you say you kind of talk yourself out of your imposter syndrome or can you identify something that you do or um, think that kind of gets you out of that hole? Yeah, for me, um, I th I th like I said, like for me, like the biggest part of imposter syndrome is thinking I can't do something and seeing other people that can do it a lot easier. Um, so for me, it's just a matter of like doing a lot of research on whatever I think I can't do and uh, kind of like calming myself with that and then part of it for me is just kind of you know saying screw it and just just doing it um you know it might not be be perfect at, at that given time but i think um the best way to kind of get myself out of imposter syndrome is to just kind of like force myself into a situation and make myself feel uncomfortable so that you know if i do see that type of situation again i can say like you know i really do belong here and while I might not be as smart as somebody else, I, I feel like um, me overcoming my my own like imposter syndrome is uh, kind of a battle in itself. So. On the opposite end of that spectrum, can you recall a moment when you realized that like you were 
you were doing what you were meant to do or that you realized that you were actually pretty damn good at tech or software engineering? Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like I kind of have like many feelings like that a lot. Um, like for instance, today I was at work and my, uh, my manager at the end of the day had kind of like given me this idea of, uh, this kind of like this big feature that he had kind of thought about that involves like programmatically generating dependencies, uh, between certain uh, components and software diagrams through our, our modeling tool called Enterprise Architect. Um, and he basically was like, I don't know if this is possible, but like, let me see what you can do. And I basically like sat down this morning, I, I looked up a couple of things online, and then three hours later, I basically built this entire feature that he had talked about. And, uh, you know, like I, I have little feelings like that, that kind of like, motivate me to be like, yeah, you, you are supposed to be here and you can do this. And I think one that I, I always go back to is just winning the, uh, the, the global portion of that competition. Cause there was just no better feeling than like thinking, man, like we had six hours to put together this little project that we didn't think would go anywhere. And just because of the idea and because it actually worked at this live demo, like we ended up winning this global competition and we ended up going to Paris and those those days that we were in Paris were just like a reminder, like, yeah, like you're supposed to be here. Like, screw what your imposter syndrome says. Screw it, like everyone else thinks. You know, you you've proven yourself, and uh, yeah, that's that's a couple of the ones I always get back to. I'm so I'm so excited for you. Like, you are literally like you have. I'm just so excited for you. Like, I just think you're gonna do amazing things. Like. Like I, well, thanks, I, Kelly. Yeah, I'm just. I'm really excited for you. <laughs> so, so like I was thinking, like when I was thinking about like this whole thing and like this whole podcast, like I think it's more out of like I'm so excited for everyone here. Like I'm just so excited yeah. for that. Like I've I've literally feel like I'm about to cry, and it's just so exciting that I like that I'm so close to that everybody in the in the community, and that's one of like the big reasons why I wanted to do this. Because I want to showcase you people. Like, I want you, I want everyone to be like, look, these are my friends. <laughs> these are the great <laughs> things they're going to do, and you should pay attention to them. Well, I think that's, that's awesome. That's such a good motivation. Yeah. And, like, I think yeah. the thing, too, is, like, like, it's not common to have, like, friendships like ours. It's really not. <laughs> I think the best thing about hackathons and friendships is that you're literally stuck in a room with these people for 24 to 36 hours. And if you right. don't hate that person or those people after that amount of time through that much that much stress and that much hair pulling and that much just excitement over what you're doing, like you know that you have something real at the end of it. Like even if you, you even if you don't have a project, just that time and that energy spent towards those relationships you've basically won the lottery right there like i really can't imagine a situation that you wouldn't consider yourself a winner after that yeah exactly and see that's the thing you know you just put into words like what i always try to tell you like when you say like that i like started winning hackathons like like after you say like you guys held me back or whatever, like you definitely didn't. You know what I, I mean? know. Like, you guys like, became like a mini family.
Next week, we're traveling across the pond to interview Kevin Lewis. Still in uni, Kevin is running a startup that encourages more students to get into tech. Stay tuned till after the credits to see whether Jeremiah Lancer prefers PC games or console games. Dream Team is voiced by me, Kelly Mahoney. Our special guest this week was Jeremiah Lancer. Music is by Cutside. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Dress up or dress down? Both. Is that allowed? Yep. Computer games or a game console? Oh, computer games. PC is the master race. Action movies or comedy? Action movies. Cards or board games? Board games. Ebook or print book? Print book. Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify.